You are listening to Chthonia, the podcast of the Dark Feminine. Chthonia's logo was designed by J.R. Malpair. Background music is Phantasm by Kevin McLeod. Hello and welcome to Chthonia. My name's Breege Burke and I'm your host for this episode. And uh, I have the great pleasure in this episode of introducing to you Ellen Jones, who is... Um, she goes by has a Facebook page goes by the Spiral Priestess, and also has um, uh, I have I have with some of my patrons and so forth I have shown you the um, uh, the the uh, let me get the right title here so I'm not um, Voices of the Dark Mothers the uh, the uh, deck that she's created you've created some other decks too haven't you Ellen besides that one uh, yeah <laughs> quite a few but. Um... Um, none of them have kind of seen the light of day really apart from that one. So they've, uh, I've, okay. um, yeah, this is the, this is the only one that I've um, actually published to date. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I have, so we, you know, so she has the, so we have this deck. So we have this, uh, we're having this discussion of the dark mothers. And Ellen and I today would like to talk about the um, the, the black virgin or the black Madonna, or certainly in the, um, I think more in the Romani uh, is the idea of the Saracali as well uh-huh. so we have so we wanted to sort of have a discussion about this figure who appears and what's interesting is there's at least um 154 black madonna images in europe okay throughout throughout the european area um and that i've i, I actually went through and counted <laughs> how many there were and then there's some who are not uh, that are not you know they're, they're sort of you know on the borderline and and the question then becomes um because these seem to be figures of very special veneration for people. Um, we're both talking about this book, um, The Cult of the Black Virgin by Ian Bay, which is where he looks at these uh, black Madonna figures more from a depth psychology view, which is certainly my my take on the whole thing. Uh-huh. And he makes this sort of um, observation that, uh, you know, that what they, you know, when, when, when you go to a church and ask a priest, he'd say, well, why, why is the Madonna here black? Why is it, why is it black? And they'd say, oh, well, you know, people at that time, you know, they had darker skin or they were sunburned or whatever. So, or the statue's dirty and somebody didn't clean it. You know, you, you hear all these kinds of things. But he had a very interesting, he just said, you know, some people were actually just sort of almost uncomfortable about talking about it. Like, we don't, we don't want to talk about, you know, it's there and, and, and it just is what it is and, and let's not talk about it. You know? Um, and uh, and actually, he points out that uh, in some cases they would take these these images and repaint them or clean them up, and they would paint them white. And he says, as soon as they painted them white, they no longer held the same veneration that they had before. Okay. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, so, or they would try to put they would gild them. They try to put gold on them and try to make them look, you know, look look gold or or you know. Um, and, uh, and then there's others that seem determined to hide them, not necessarily because um, they are ashamed of them, but because they're worried about people stealing them or about, um, you, know, you know, being misused in some fashion, which I think is just fascinating. Because if there's no significance to it other than, you know, it's kind of like uh, the Greeks with Ethiopia, you know, which, means, which literally means sunburnt. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just these are people who are have darker skin and they assume it's because they have more sun. Um, but, you know, or, or the idea of, um, 
uh, the you know um, the Libyan queen as somehow being a black Madonna of some kind. That that was another discussion that they had. Um, yeah, or the Lamia or the Libyan queen, beloved of Jupiter, um, had had children taken away by Juno, but she was sort of a re represented as black, like the Egyptian Neith or like Isis even. Okay. Uh -huh. So there's um, but the black virgin seems to have a real um, long history. She's, um, I mean, you know, I, there's, there's definitely, um, I know I had the episode on Kibbele, where we talk about Kibbele and the cult of the black, um, and, and Kibbele literally, well, at least one of the interpretations of her name is black stone, okay, and you think about, oh, and you think about the Kaaba at Mecca, okay, Kaaba, Kaaba, Kibbele, you know, uh, black stone, um, that, that's something about that, that blackness, there's definitely a connection there, sort of earth mother and um and to something that's earlier than um than christianity into the cult of the virgin it's like sort of combined with the cult of the virgin into a sacred feminine as we kind of see it and um and beg has this whole theory about the uh, Mer merovingians that's the right word am i saying it correctly um and and about the the connection between them and and the black madonnas that somehow there's um oh. a relationship there's a political angle to that as well supposedly i don't know that i want to get totally into that but there was a but that that's another that's another aspect of it um and so um so i guess okay so sort of just you know starting from that point um, I think I was just going to read a quick quote from Robert Graves, and then we can sort of get into conversation about this. Um, he talks about, he says, The black goddess is so far hardly more than a word of hope whispered among the few who have served their apprenticeship to the white goddess. She promises a new Pacific bond between men and women in which the patriarchal marriage bond fades away. The black goddess has experienced good and evil, love and hate, truth and falsehood in the person of her sisters. And she will lead man back to that sure instinct of love, which he long ago forfeited by intellectual pride. Wow. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, let me, let, let's just get started then. I know, Ellen, that you are very much uh, devoted to the Black Virgin and that you've got, you know, that, that, that she's been a great influence on you. And, and, and uh, Yeah, know. yeah. So let you talk a little bit about yourself and about, you know, your own experiences there. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, really, I was, you know, up until maybe about six years ago, um, I was, you know, completely skeptical, um, thought I was an atheist. I wasn't, but I thought I was. Um, and, but I'd always had some very extraordinary experiences. Uh, very intense experiences um, and didn't really have any language for them and I saw different sometimes periodically they would break through very dramatically and I would seek out a religion to try and fit, you know sort of thinking okay then I must be really religious <laughs> you know, right. it, it, felt, it felt like I was kind of wildly religious, so I was like, okay, let's find a religion. Mm -hmm. um, I tried uh, Catholicism, uh, that didn't last long, but again, it was very, but it was very experiential, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, I'm half, half Italian by 
heritage, but I never grew up uh, with my with my parents. So uh, the first time this happened to me was when I went to Italy, and I had these really strong feelings all around these Catholic churches, and I'd never had them in uh, Britain, British churches at all. And it was so intense that I came back and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down with the priest and become a Catholic. And that lasted not very long because <laughs> then you tell me all the rules and I was like, this is rubbish, you know, this is silly. <laughs> like that social I side thought, that, yeah, gets you. It's like you have to believe this and this. And I'm like, no, you know. So um, then I guess, yeah, so then that was very dormant. And then about five, six years ago, it came back very dramatically. And I began to, to get guided towards the goddess movement, and uh, that, and then as I kind of went more deeply into that, um, I did some training with Azra and Sarah and Bertrand, who um, did some really amazing work around the, the feminine. So uh, went to a retreat, and we actually visited one of these black. Madonna's, uh, it was in France, in Puy-en-Velay, I think it's called, um, my pronunciation might be really bad, but, um, and interestingly, you were saying about the stone, there was a big black stone mm -hmm. there, so this black Madonna, and they dress her up in little costumes, uh, it's just quite an extraordinary, really odd-looking thing, you know, um, with with Jesus, just it's just a head kind of poking out of her vagina, really. <laughs> there's no oh vagina. It's, kind of like a, it's just like, it's just a straight, it's, there's no vagina showing, but it's like a strange little, it's like a, this little two-headed thing that's so uh, primitive looking uh, and very visceral, you know. Um, and there is a big black stone there, and you are supposed to, a big black volcanic stone that you can go and lay on for fertility and to get pregnant in the same uh, you know, church cathedral. So uh, I think that was really where she really grabbed me. You know, I didn't know anything about her, um, but she really took a hold of my life. Uh, I think if, if if she probably had before, but I didn't know. Uh, and all I can say is it's. Like she's just this intense presence in my life, and the deck that I created, the Voices of the Dark Mothers. Uh, I am denied whether to call it Voices of the Dark Mothers or Voices of the Dark Mother. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, right. um, be, because I feel like this is one dark mother, and then then she's she's appearing in all these forms, and the forms feel different and are different in a sense uh, and have their own voice but I think if there was one voice that's coming through the whole uh, creation it is this black Madonna voice so that's why I put the rose which the black rose which was the, the image I got through for her that was on the front cover so um, but I think you know, it was a long incubation period of about, you know, three years or whatever. Um, and then suddenly this thing you know, came through when I was in a really, really, really challenging time. And I just needed 
the voice myself. I needed to hear it. And I, I saw a deck that was out there that someone showed me that was dark goddesses. And it was very, um, it, I, I really wanted to get it because I really, really needed a dark goddesses deck. I was sort of desperate. I might have the same one you're talking about, but yes. Ah, uh, yeah. So I don't want to be too critical of, uh, of, of this deck, but um, I just couldn't buy it. I just couldn't buy it because I just, the pictures seemed really kind of, you know, airbrushedy and sort of, you know, young, mostly white women, and they're all kind of in corsets and basques and pouty, and um, and then the text seemed quite. I haven't read all the text, but I was just watching sort of YouTube videos people reviewing it. But the text seemed very harsh to me, like very like, you know, here's your issues, babe. You know, deal with your issues. <laughs> like here's this issue. Here's this issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think I think the intention of the deck was good, but I, you know, but yeah, yeah it, it does sometimes. It's just kind of like, okay, you know what? I don't I don't know that this is entirely what it's about, but yes. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying that that isn't a powerful uh, voice. You know, this is obviously you can't say there's one voice. So, mm-hmm. but for me, for what I was going through, I needed a loving voice. I needed some. I needed. Uh, honest voice and a powerful voice and a real voice that wasn't going to minimize uh how difficult and traumatic and messed up uh the world what we're living in is but at the same time i wanted i felt like no this needs to be more loving and also this needs to be more inclusive of older women and transgender people and men and uh you know people who don't who don't walk around in a in a basque all day do you know what I mean mean, not not that that's not you know uh not that that's not a great thing to do but it's you know I just wanted something different so I thought well I I can't you know I I'll just have a go at creating it myself so I just drew one of these pictures every day and channeled the messages every day so um yeah so that but i do feel it was that black madonna energy that uh was incubating for a long time mm-hmm. and hopefully uh came through what i created okay <clears throat> well it's yeah it, it's that's um it, it's a very um it's an interesting thread i guess if you will that kind of goes through um you know, you know, there's there's that um, Carl Jung's often talked about the sort of lack of the feminine in Christian religion. And you were talking about how when you would go to churches here in uh, <clears throat> churches in the UK, listen to me here, like mm. there, right? It's wishful thinking. Um, it's, um, you know, but when I go through, I mean, there's, there's some beautiful places. I've been to Canterbury Cathedral and I've been to, um, you know, there, there's some there's some really wonderful <clears throat> uh, things. And, and at least Church of England, I kind of feel like they're. Um, they sort of we 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 I was I was raised Catholic and we refer to them as Catholic light um, because it's sort <laughs> of like it, it takes some of the more heavy social elements of Catholicism out. Um, but the problem, my problem with Protestantism, sort of in general, is that it it takes a lot of the symbolism away. It takes it takes the beautiful yeah. stained glass windows. It says, oh, that's all. It it it, it mixes up idolatry and iconography. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because iconography, it's interesting, because you were talking about that when you were saying about your um, interest in Catholicism, but then you're hearing all this stuff and you're going, what? You know? And, and it's interesting because I think there's a tremendous amount to Catholicism. I will tell people, I, I teach mm. religion, and I'll tell my students, I'm like, look, there's a lot of value to the Catholic Church on the mystical level. Uh, the Eucharist mm. does actually do something for opening the heart center and so forth. But that's not what's focused on. It's, well, you have to be anti-abortion and pro-this and anti-divorce. You know, like there's all this other stuff that I'm just like, you know, I'm sorry. I just can't get behind this, and I don't feel that it has any, you know, that if we're going to focus too much on on that kind of exclusionary value that you're, you know, you're, mm. you're inviting a level of judgment there that, um, and, and again, we, we were talking a little bit before the episode started about um, Eros versus Logos, the idea of your feeling and your, you know, you know, your feelings counting for something rather than trying to rationalize everything away. I mean, Protestantism is all about the book. It's all about, yeah, um, yeah. and I tell people, I said, you know, the book can also be a kind of idol. You know, you can fetishize, mm. you can you can make a, a fetish out of a book. If people are worried about you making a fetish out of an image of a saint or a black Madonna or even a regular, you know, even a non-black Madonna, um, mm. you know, you can fetishize that too. You can you can make that, um, you know, stand for something. You know, you, you can, oh, Alan Watts said it good. He says, you know, he says, instead of following the finger pointing away, you suck on it for comfort. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, because it points you to something. And what it points you is to something very, very profound. And I think that's what the Black Madonna images do. I mean, they're they're pointing to something that deeper, and that's the feminine connection. You know, that is the feminine connection with things. I mean, we're not. Um, you can't intellectualize, and your mind can't can't tear everything apart. And I think you know. So there's there's so there's that that connection, like you noted, to um, the one that you saw. Uh, what is the black stone for fertility? And for things mm. like that, which definitely, most definitely connects her to this sort of Earth Mother energy. Um, mm. And um, <clears throat> and so, you know, so it's kind of like, okay, we, there's there's the, a Christian religion that's sort of sanitized a lot of that or taken it away or made a virgin mother, as it were. Um, mm. <clears throat> but at the same, you know, but, but Jung had always said that he had felt that the virgins, the virgins, virgins, ah, virgins, of Christianity that uh, no no Freudians look there uh, that included <laughs> that included the feminine were the ones that were um, the best. Now, wh one thing that also occurs to me when I'm thinking about this whole thing is um, the idea of the Shekinah, and uh, you actually uh, have yeah. Shekinah in your deck. You actually do mention yeah yeah. And Shekinah is the presence of God in the world. I mean, and that's the presence um, of God in the Holy of Holies for, for the Jews in the temple. And <clears throat> that presence, uh, Shekinah is a feminine word. Uh, now, rabbis will say to you, oh, well, no, Shekinah is not a goddess or, you know, but it's the presence of God in the world. And it is, it is, it is still decidedly female, which is very, very interesting. And I feel like um, from what I read, I think I have a note about it here somewhere. If I can, um, if I can find it, I have this problem when I'm looking at my notes and I uh, um, pass it by. Yeah, okay. There's something called the Litany of Loreto. Okay, it's a Catholic litany that was approved in 1587 by Pope Sixtus V, um, and it's a litany of the Blessed Mother, and it refers to the Blessed Mother as the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, okay. which is quite interesting. I thought. Yeah. Um, 
she's she's the she's the quote unquote she's the she's the Ark of the Covenant. She also seems to be associated with holy wisdom with Sophia. As yeah, well. yeah. <clears throat> so certainly within the context of um, I'm going to say again, people hate the term Judeo Christian, but let's just say Judeo Christian um, Western civilization. Um, she sort of seems to be this thread that, that, that goes back to the ancient goddesses like Kibbele and yeah. sort of still comes to us today. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, and I think also, um, now one of the things you had mentioned, I, I saw on your page, was you were talking about the ritual of the Sarakali, okay, which, yeah, yeah. which is a Romani thing. Can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah, okay. Um, so um, this is a, um, a, a ritual which is um, it's an annual ritual uh, as far as I think there might be two a year but there's one major festival and so uh, Roma people from all over Europe uh, travel uh, to um, to go and um, take the statue of Sarah Carly and to process her into the sea and to wash her in the sea. Um, this is kind of a, a big tourist thing now um, as well and lots of other people go to it. I've never been with her. I'd love to go but I've never been. So I only know about it second hand but um, it does seem to me like as far as I can work out that there's a big connection with Carly um with the, with the washing of Kali statues and processing them into the sea which is a thing um so I feel like this could be something you know I feel this link you know in, in physically what's being done because uh this is quite un, unusual um and then there's lots of uh versions of who is who is Sarah Kali so it means Sarah the black so is she uh a lot of uh the i think one of the uh more official if you like uh roma versions is that she is a roma woman who saw that mary magdalene uh and the three marys were coming on the boat to the south of france and so she was like a seer and she saw this so that's one of the more i think official versions and then there's more subversive versions perhaps where uh, that she is the daughter of Jesus and Mary Magdalene that's very uh, prevalent. I didn't actually know yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um so but I think she's uh again it's this black madonna energy that you can be all of them at the same time you know. Um so she's to me the, the feeling I have about her is that she's the divine child, the divine sacred child, mm -hmm. who is the daughter, the lost daughter, because I feel like there's a lost daughter that we're missing somewhere, you know. So there's Jesus, the divine son, uh, you know, the baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, um, you know, Jesus, the man. Uh, and right, right. God the father mm -hmm. and God the mother <laughs> um, and even even now increasingly Mary Magdalene the lover is coming back into consciousness um, or the lover or the partner or you know whatever um, 
but then there's no daughter. So I feel like the Sarah Carly energy is like this missing dark daughter, which interests me. But I think she also is the mother. She's also the Black Madonna. Um, and just, and also it's just so naughty. It's just so heretical. You know that it's, this wasn't supposed to happen. Do you know what I mean? There's not supposed to be, there's not supposed to be a, like an a, another end to that story or another bit to the story, you know? Right. Like you say, we've got the book and we've got the religions of the book and they tell us that the book closed when, you know, Jesus died and was resurrected and that's the end of the story for Mary Magdalene and that's the end of the story for Jesus and that's the end of the story of, you know, and certainly... I just think these, and this is just another story that's appeared and um, has lasted through time in whatever form, that, well, you know, there were these women and they got away on a boat and, you know, that it's just, it's a different story to the kind of 12 guys all going out and, you know, preaching the good word. It's, right. It's, an, it's another and story. It's another story. It's another, and I just, you know, I'm not so interested in whether these stories are true or which story mm -hmm. is truest. I just like, I just think stories themselves can enchant people and help people to find lost things, you know. And um, there's only so far you can go with the stories, the 12 guys, you know, the 12 good guys story. <laughs> you know, that's a nice story. Right. But then there's another story, you know, and like, well, what, what if we have this story as well? Can we learn more? Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting, yeah, because you that you say that because so many people are interested in the, the historical Jesus, for instance, or yeah. what really happened or what's the archaeological evidence. And, and the reality is that there's really not very much evidence at all. Like we don't have a, I mean, there's places people might say, oh, this might have been the tomb of Jesus or this, the Shroud of Turin might be. You know, and, and, you know, historically speaking, we really don't have that evidence. Uh, there's not even anything in the Roman records, which is bizarre, because the Romans kept records of everything. And, um, but, but so, but you, but I think you hit upon a very important point, and that is that the history is not that important. It's more about mythology and myth and folklore, and these stories are about, um, about something deeper. They're about um, the element of something that makes us human, something that has to do with what we think of as maybe the soul or, or something, you know, for lack of any, you know, for lack of imperfect phrasing, you know what I mean? But there's mm, something, yeah. but there's something outside of just, you know, our day-to-day -day thoughts and our, you know, you know, what we rationalize or what we experience, um, you know, you know what we what our priorities are i guess that you know through our through the rational world and that um something that i feel like you know makes us very very human and that makes us um be able to connect to whatever this is that's bigger than ourselves you know what i mean mm -hmm. because certainly there is something i mean whether you want to call it god whether you want to call it something else there's something certainly bigger than ourselves and mythology yeah i mean it's stories the one unique thing about humans, other than the fact that they seem to like to bury their dead, is that they like, they like to tell stories. People like yeah. to tell, <clears throat> that's one of the oldest things. And, you know, it was done orally, and then eventually it was done, you know, through song. 
and then eventually it was done in writing, you know, once, you know, written systems came into being. But yeah, but the Acts of the Apostles and everything, and of course he's also the remembering that the Bible itself is, is chosen for very highly political reasons. You know, there's a ton of jokes right out right now about, you know, St. Nicholas and the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> Um, because, you know, yeah. you, can, you know, it's equivalent over, you know, should the date of the Easter, you know, be calculated by the sun or the moon? And, you know, I mean, there's there's all of this kind of political stuff. And, and, and when you really read the history um, of how, how you know, the story that we have came to be, what's in the Bible, what we say is that's it, that's the end of the story. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just, when we, when we get into that, it, it just... Um, you realize that a lot of things were chosen and there's a lot, there's a lot more stories. There are gospels of Mary Magdalene, for example, there yeah, are gospels yeah. that, that all is out there. Um, and, uh, you know, early Christianity was far more complicated than mm. I think organized religion now would have us believe. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and it just, so, but, but I think there, there can be too much of a focus on, on, I mean, I mean, the social aspect is important. I mean, it's important. A lot mm. of churches do very, very good work in, in helping people and, you know, and, and so forth. But, well, the social aspect can also be very negative in the way that it, you know, uh, you know, labels certain people and keeps them down. Um, mm. But I think, but that, 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 um, Joseph Campbell would call it the first function of mythology, you know, that, I call it the negotiating of the unknown. You know, there's there's something bigger than you, and when you encounter that, um, it just, yeah, it can't be talked about. It can be talked about in poetry, but not in prose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's really true of these uh, these energies, like the the Black Madonna energy and the Magdalene energy and the Serkali energy, um, is that they they just feel to me they are very transformational energies that don't seem to want to be uh, pinned down you know, in a text and I think it's um, I think it's fascinating that people um, people are creating so many more so with Mary Magdalene actually less, less so with the Black Madonna but I think are starting to it's just to, to be, you know, there's so many narratives that are created and so many stories can come out of that mm. and they can all be true in a sense, you know, mm. uh, because this is a wider, bigger energy that is uh, pushing through, it feels to me that is pushing through at the moment, it's appearing in the culture um People are becoming aware of it, talking about it, and that imagery is coming to the fore uh, of these dark goddesses, uh, the dark mother energy, um, and that—that's. It feels to me there's a force or energy that's pushing, mm -hmm. you know. And then the stories and the and the creations are are like the the emanations of that. But yeah, that's where I get frustrated with more conventional. Uh, you know, religions and Christianity is kind of like then it's like it's it feels like it can't push through anywhere because then there you've got the book and the words and that's mm -hmm. the only word you know and that is there's no new places for it to push through in different ways um, which you, you know that's not allowed is it if you kind of say 
um, you know, this is what I'm getting directly from, you know, it's more, this is allowable in paganism, uh, but not allowable in, uh, in Christianity on the whole, you know, it's kind of like I'm getting direct communications from Jesus or Mother Mary or, you know, that's, uh, then, then you've got to kind of go through a whole process of, um, to authenticate it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you've got to be a very rare person or an unusual person or, you know, a saint or something. You can't just be, uh, you know, a person, just an ordinary person. That is absolutely 100% true. It's funny because I was raised Catholic and I was, I, I had a lot of experiences, right, from the time I was like 14 or 15 years old. I had goddess experiences at that time, and I was raised very, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say my mother was strict in the sense of, like, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen far worse households, and my father's not yeah. religious at all, um, but my mother is, and um, so when I sort of encountered these kinds of energies, I mean, that created a lot of conflict in me, you know, but I know mm-hmm. that if I tried to talk about any of my experience, and say, with a priest or with somebody in the church, they said to me, I remember that they, what they specifically said, people like you don't have these experiences. Wow. <laughs> people like you don't have, you're not, an, you're an ordinary person and you're just a woman. You don't have these experiences. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, well, I got, I got some news for you. Yes, I do. And, um, yeah. And I'm sorry that it doesn't, it doesn't fit your narrative, but you know, yes, I do. And I think that's sort of what drove me away because, you know, for whatever is I thought was was good about the whole thing, uh, that just kind of said to me, I was just like, no, you you you've completely, um, you know, you've completely discounted. I remember I wrote about this in my master's thesis. There was a, a dream that I'd had when I was in um, when I was like 16 or 15 around then that I was at some sort of a, a party with people. And it was like um, people I was in school with. I went to a Catholic high school. OK. So, you know, priests who were there, the bishop was there, different people were there, but there was something in the room that as it touched people, the person just like disintegrated, like they became like nothing, like a, like a corpse. And I was very alarmed by this. And I said something to, I think it was my religion teacher at the time, I was in the 11th grade. And he looked at me, he said, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I remember thinking, I'm, whatever this is, I'm not letting it touch me. And I threw myself wow. right out through the window. <laughs> a very interesting dream, but you know, I reflect wow. on it and I just think, yeah, there's something in there. It's like this should be life giving. Instead, it's just making it's just it's just killing people because you're just so yep. weighted down with the dogma and you're so weighted down with the, you know, with these requirements. I'm like, no, you're not you're not alive. Your soul's not alive. You know, the soul. Um, James Hillman talks a lot about that anima versus pneuma. You know, we're so we're so worried about spirit and purifying the spirit that we throw our soul out the window, you know, yeah, and that's the feminine yeah. side of us. I mean, in a man, that's the feminine side of the man. If, we, if you believe young yeah, psychology, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I think these dark figures, they come and they reappear to us. And, and, and I think you and I are on the same page with this and on, on with the others. It's just that, you know, it, it's trying to say, like, um, hello. Yeah, I'm here. And um, if you don't pay attention to me, you could be in trouble. <laughs> Actually, mm, you are in trouble. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, because it's it's just um, it's just so important that we, um, you know, there's, uh, and I think that's why I had written the book that I wrote because I was just like, why are people so afraid of this energy? Why do people have to, you know, make it go away? Put it in the corner over there. Let's not, you know, let's not talk about this like we had started with. Yeah. You know? 
why you know we don't want to talk about the black you know yeah the black virgins are there people venerate them let's not talk about them you know yeah you know yeah uh, i went to seek one out um i had an interesting experience uh based on that book it's got um he's he lists them where you can find them yes and you know i don't i don't travel i thought it's pretty rare that i went to france really you know so um right. it's not like i've gone all over europe seeking them out or anything i'd love to um so but i live right near to uh aylesford in kent and it's a massive catholic pilgrimage center mm-hmm. um and you can go there and uh it's it, it is uh sacred to mother mary so it's yeah. and people come from all over the world it's huge um and uh so i sort of started going there and because it's an amazing place to go to and it was in the book there was supposed to be a black madonna there in the book mm-hmm. so i was like okay there's actually two there's one that's on show and then there was another one that they said was made from a piece of irish oak and it was oh, carved in the 50s yeah mm-hmm. and this I was really excited about, and so I was really hyped up to go and see this Black Madonna. Right. And I went and got there, and they were like, oh, no, no, that's not here anymore. Oh. So then they said, oh, well, get down, you know, Father so-and-so, and he'll, you know, maybe he know, he'll know. So uh, one of the monks came down, and he was absolutely lovely, and he told me, um, oh yeah, that's that's here, but it's uh, you can't see it. It's only for the monks to see. Uh-huh. It's in our private room, uh, and uh, so it was. I mean, there was another one that was listed as well, but it's it's not. I'd just say it's it's. I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a Black Madonna, the one that's on show. You know, right, I think it's right. a bit of a. It's a, it's a. It's kind of brown. You know, it's just wo- it's wooden. Right. It's, <laughs> but, not, it's not really white. Yeah. It's, it's, but it just happens to be carved out of wood, I think, you know. So I think maybe the guys included it in the book for that. But the one that he's really excited about, I couldn't see. And I just found that such a profoundly um, symbolic experience oh, to gosh, yeah. just go there and be told, you know, as very, very nicely, but I'm really sorry, you know, she's really only for us um, celibate men, you know, she, she's in our. You know, Only she, for celibate she, men, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in our, you know, we're a lovely, lovely celibate men, but she's out, she's for us in private, you know. And she's not for women, I mean, she's a woman, but she's not for women, yeah. But she's not, but also the mad thing is people are pilgrimaging from all over the world mm-hmm. to see uh, the Madonna, and obviously there's two, you know, so there's one that's in church. So, but it's just fascinating that there's a hidden one, you know, that... Uh, is uh, and the hidden one has got a crown, a silver crown. That's what it says in the book, and that interested me as well. And the one that's on show, uh, she has got a crown, but I don't think it's such a feature, you know. So it's almost like I think what is going on in the world is that it's like the the the, the really deep divine feminine, it, the royal sovereign divine feminine presence is kind of guarded by these um, mainstream sort of religions, but not, you know, I'm not criticizing the people in those religions, but it's like there's a kind of fencing around, like you say, of, you know, oh, we worship the simplicity and the beauty of Mother Mary and, 
you know, the fact that Jesus listened to children, but then if a child turns up and says they've had a vision of Mother Mary, they'll get the third inquisition, do you know what I mean, as to whether they, you know, whether they're, whether it's a real one or not, you know. So, uh, yeah, but I think that's um, fascinating. Yeah, and, and, and it's, that, that, that's, that's, that, 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 no, you're right, that's terribly interesting and terribly symbolic, because, um, and I feel like it's weird, but I feel like it started almost with the Gnostics, because they had this idea that, Certain people had gnosis, they had knowledge, and then there was everybody else. So there's the Christianity, quote-unquote, for everybody else. But then there's those of us with the special knowledge. And those of us, you know, we're the ones who can really accept this. And when they say something like that to you, like, well, you can't come see this image, that's just for us. Because it's special. It's like, yes, we have something special that you don't. And it's just kind of like, well, or like, you know, they've, I, I don't know. It could be, I don't know whether it's supposed to be a, a purity thing or whether it's supposed to be... Um, but yeah, there's an idea that there's this energy. Um, I even feel that when I used to go on Catholic, I still occasionally will go on a Catholic retreat, believe it or not, even though I, mm. I, I don't practice Catholicism. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's um, and it's interesting to me when I go to these places where there's all clergy and they have a mass just for the clergy, and the clergy are, um, you know, the way that the homilies are done, for instance, the way that everything is done. I'm like, it's so different. And I'm like, you know, and I, and I walk into the libraries and I read the books of the Jesuits and the different things that they have. And I'm going, this is not the Catholicism I was taught. Mm. You know, it's like there's yeah, there's what's for you. And then there's what's what's separate. And I think that's that's what I always thought was the problem. I always thought that was the problem with the Eucharist, too. Why are you limiting who can get the Eucharist? Like, you yeah, yeah. What, that's what people need to heal. That's what opens the heart. But no, we don't. We don't yeah. want to let anybody open their heart. It's just got to be the people who generally don't act like their hearts are necessarily all that open, or they're or they're living a life where they're so removed from everybody that um, you're not actually getting the benefit of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know? I, yeah, I, I, it's an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary ritual, isn't it? It's um, because yeah, I've done that. You know, I've done that and gone. I've gone and and uh, I've I've gone to Aylesford and gone to um. Uh, you know, uh, services there, and it's it's incredible. So much more energy than a Church of England service for me, you know, um, where I can't get anything at all except just irritated, you know. But if I go to a Catholic thing, I can get, you know, I can feel, I can feel the presence of the divine feminine of the Mother, and it's incredible. Uh, and but then you get to this moment where it's like you have to. You know, I'm, I wasn't, uh, I, I mean, I think my heritage is, is Catholic, clearly, but I wasn't brought up a Catholic or anything like that. Right. So, so then you have, yeah, you go up and you can't, you have to have the blessing, don't you, rather than uh, take the Eucharist. And it's like, I don't, you know, there's always part of me that thinks, oh, shall I just go on? Shall I just, <laughs> shall I, I just do it anyway? I figure I make you know? I don't care. I'll but go. it's like. But it's like, then you, but there's, you know, then I know it's like, no, no, you know, you need to be really respectful to this. But it is so odd, isn't it? It's such an odd thing. If you think about it, it's like, well, why, you know, if there's something, I feel this with my card, with the cards and the voices I receive in my cards, they don't care mm -hmm. if people believe in religions or if people are pagans or not pagans or if people see their images on a video game or in a in something called Netflix, mm -hmm. uh, or they don't care. Um, no, they don't, that's right. why they don't care at all. If they just want to help, 
us. That's all. They just, you know, they don't need us to uh, venerate an image or sign up to a club or be religious or be spiritual or anything else because it's not about them. It's actually about us at the moment of what we need. You know, they're okay, um, but it's they need to get to us in whatever form. You know, and that's why I love oracle cards because they really get to people very directly and simply, and um, you know they really communicate very directly one to one. So I think they're a fantastic medium. But I think there's so many more mediums that that can do that that are maybe not even you know consciously spiritual things. You know, they are this this stories that are out there. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're right, and and I think I think a lot of people, um, some of the conversations that I've had with with you, with other with, with other people throughout this series, is that um, yeah, I, I feel like the dark mothers in particular, they sort of speak. I feel like they're speaking more to people. Like I'm hearing more about that. Certainly, oracles is one way. Um, uh, storytelling, dreaming, you know, different areas, or just kind of recognizing that hey, you know, there's something there's something kind of lopsided in the world today. You know, everything is so. Polarized, it's so split, and it's kind of like, well, well, how do we how do we make that better? And so you can almost sort of intuit that there's there's this yes, there is this energy that can sort of help put things back together. It's it's the energy of relationship. It's the energy of coming together, not the energy of intellectualizing and deconstructing and tearing apart. It's it's the energy of bringing together. And I think that's that's sort of, but it's it's an extremely powerful energy and. And I just, I just find like our conversation that we've been having so interesting because it kind of just drives home the point that yes, the people who are kind of the um, uh, the clergy or the leaders in these kinds of religions are kind of acting like no, this is something we have to protect and keep over here. You know, you're mm. not, you're not worthy of it somehow. You know, and mm. um, you know, and it's like, well, I, I think that completely defeats the point of, of you know of what that energy is like you know only it's only for the privileged or only for the special or only people who have undergone uh you know certain things and i and i just think that um that may be one of the reasons that i feel christianity is for a lot of people becoming irrelevant in the world um one thing i've certainly seen in england and even in ireland at this point is that people are kind of um i was talking to somebody in uh, sligo and she was saying yeah, the, the, the axis has kind of shifted the other way. People were very, very Catholic in Ireland. Now, all of a sudden, they're kind of very atheistic. And I find England to be very atheistic, mm. too. People are just very much like, yeah, it's all bogus. Science is the only thing that, that's important. And it's not that science yeah. is important, you know? Science certainly has its value in it, and I don't want to discount that or say that people shouldn't pay attention to facts with things and so forth. But by mm. the same token, it, it, that you don't want to do that at the expense of um, giving up what makes you human, you know? of giving yeah. up, you know, and I feel like that's what, I don't know, that seems to be sort of the message, I mean, I don't know if you, it sounds like you might you see it that same way, I mean, you know. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, it's uh, like the, it's not science as such, is it, but it's the uh, the religion of science as a, yeah, scientism. That it's, it's a, it's a, it's a religion, uh, in a way, to, you know, uh, it's people who will tell you, that, uh, you know, I, I believe in science, you know, <laughs> it's like, science is sort of like, it's just like really an odd thing because that science is supposed to be about testing things and seeing if it's true or not. Right. 
but there's there's but it's actually like a faith isn't it it's another faith that people are turning to because it's hard to have no faith so you need to believe in something but i'm not sure that uh you know i'm not discounting science in any way as a, right, as but, a yeah, human endeavor mm-hmm. but to, to make it a religion is um it doesn't feel very nourishing to me, you know, to sort of say, okay, don't worry, because science will save us. You know, we'll, we'll get a, right. we'll get another we'll get another planet, or uh, we'll, we'll you know we'll grow we'll grow food from you know <laughs> it's it's but it's making that's that's putting a demand on something that is uh you know that it's really it's a people yeah people need people need I mean I've been what in in the field you know doing. Uh, you know, mystical work for people, and pe- yeah, people need people need mysticism. Mm-hmm. Whether it's true, whether it's true or not, I mean, I believe it's In true, but sense, which, yeah. uh, but uh, but people need it nonetheless. And so, if you deny them to have magic and mysticism, they will imbue something with it, whether it's uh, you know Lenin or. Uh, 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 so you know, there's a, something will become the mystical touchstone. Well, ideology will, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. You know that sim- people need desperately need those things. Um, you know, uh, to it, I think it's just in our human nature. It's it, we just we're just symbol seeking creatures. You know, we seek meaning and symbolism. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, we're we're story driven. Yeah, and you have yeah, to have yeah. a story, and the story has to, um, you know, make sense to your life, you know. And so I think when a lot mm. of times there's a story that someone's told, and they go, "Well, hang on, this doesn't square with what I've got," yeah, then it's like people don't realize, you know, you can write another story. I mean, and in this day and age, you almost have to because you don't. There's not like a, a, a sort of global narrative that everybody accepts. It's like you've got to uh, figure out uh, where you are, and and you know, or where your story fits in with the bigger cultural story or, or doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. But people can, and, I, and it just reminds me of a quote, my sister had posted it again recently from Joseph Campbell, where he said, I don't feel people are looking for a meaning for life, people are looking for an experience of being alive. And, because he's saying life doesn't actually have a meaning, like what does a flea mean, what does a flower mean, you know? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. It's just, you want to feel like you're alive. And I think that's it. I think that's what ends up being missing when we try to over-rationalize, when we're focused too much on the process, the cause and effect. The, you know. And again, it's not that those things don't have their place. Um, that was another thing Alan Watts had said, was he said predictability is kind of the basis of whether or not science or religion does well. Because it's like, what's your predictive power? To say, God will take care of it is not the same as saying, yeah, we've got this equipment and we know there's a hurricane coming in three days at this time. You know what I mean? Mm. There's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want to know. And we, we're managing unpredictable, we're managing the unknown. And mm. it's it's how we do that with our stories, because otherwise we wake up every day and kind of go, oh, you know, like, what, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah. And um, and I think part of the dark feminine energy is that it's there. There is an unpredictability to it. There's kind of a a depth to it that I think a lot of people are afraid of because they kind of want simple, on the surface, causal kinds of rational answers to things to sort of manage it the way we manage chaos. You know, we manage yeah. it with all this orderly stuff, and it's like, okay, well that's that's fine. But you know, it, it's there's got to be a balance there. You can't just treat all that like you're going to make it go away. Um, because you, you, you very desperately need it. 
um, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think you're right about being scared of it. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm scared of it. Do you know what I mean? I, don't. I think we all are to <laughs> like, some I degree. Just, I if we were to be honest about it. I think it's just like, uh, because... It, it, it is a frightening energy at uh, one aspect of it it's loving but it's scary it, it's it'll kind of tear up your homework you know and like it'll destroy a lot of things in your life uh if you let it in um it it, it is a destructive energy i mean for 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 a purpose yes of growth of growth mm-hmm. but that's not it but but quite 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 ruthlessly at times um and not following the nice what might be a nice way to teach you a lesson you know (laughs) um it's like it can be a lesson that you learn through a very unconventional and bizarre route and you're like what the hell you know it's um i think it's a you know, I do. I alternate myself, even though I absolutely am devoted to that energy and I absolutely trust it fully. And then there's part of me that's like, kind of, you know, wish I'd never got started with it. <laughs> you know, like, I know you're kind of like, it's like yeah, somebody because... I know who had said to, you know, say call it, talking to Mother Kali and saying, "Test me," and then finally he's like, "What the heck am I asking her to test me for? Like, isn't life full of enough tests?" Like, but I think I think it's like it's not a thing that like you sign up for or you don't I think it is operating through everyone's life you know regardless of whether they're religious or spiritual or not it's it's this energy of chaos and you know whatever um and it's there it's there it's there anyway you know it is going to be operating in your life anyway so uh you might as well kind of try and go with the flow uh, rather than keep swimming against the flow all the time, uh, but yeah. And that's the lesson I think. Actually, um, that's that's just it. You know, when when all of a sudden everything starts turning to crap and falling apart, if after a while you yeah. just kind of go, you know, you just throw your hands up and go, you know, okay, you know what? I don't know where I'm going, but let's just go there. And and you know what? Sometimes you find yourself in a much better place just for having done that because 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 that's just it. Because rationality isn't always the answer. It's not only. No. Sometimes, you know, we, we discount all those other things as somehow not reliable, but it's like, yeah, but, but off, and probably more often than not, that's the way your life is. Your life doesn't, you know, that's why you see these like, sort of memes where the person's showing A to B to C and they're like, my life, and, you know, the kind of zigzag <laughs> up and down and around and back and forth. I'm like, that's the way I think most people's lives are, and I think that's a yeah. lot you know? <laughs> yeah, it is, and most people's spiritual development's like that as well, isn't it? Like. Mm-hmm. You know, really messy and really ugly at times. And um, but a lot of systems, including New Age systems, and you know, they they want to make a really reliable pattern that, which is understandable to say, if you do this, you know, then this will happen, and you know, you'll definitely manifest your car if you do this every Friday, or, you know. Right, right. It's like, but it's like it actually like. It's chaotic. There is a chaotic element to to life, and you know nothing is certain, nothing's guaranteed, and um, uh, yeah, it's the unpredictability, the chaos is um, is there. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, and, and and I think that's the thing that that um, 
that's what people have to realize. So a lot of these things are tools, you know, meditation, mm. uh, certain rituals, maybe use essential oils, whatever it is you use. Mm. Uh, they're tools, and they're tools that can come in helpful, and like anything, sometimes the tool works and sometimes it doesn't, you know. And, uh, you know, so you just, and, and maybe you don't have the tool, maybe you've got to wait till you get the tool. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but anyway, that's, that's, it's, it's fascinating. And, um, and I think it kind of gets back to what this, this sort of dark mother energy kind of tends to represent is just this kind of, um, you know, um, that, that side of things that, that is not so cut and dried and that we're not so comfortable with, uh, and that, that organized religion seems to feel that we have to handle with kid gloves or, you know, very specialized, you know, um, knowledge or ritual or state of being or whatever. Um, so with that, actually, um, we've probably been going for like an hour. So I figured, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, we could, it's like a lot of these conversations. We could just keep going on and on, and, you know, like we could talk all day. Um, so, um, so probably if it's, uh, did you have any other last thoughts or? Um, no, no. Um, I mean, just except I think that the only thing that's come to mind is that it, it, it's, to me, it's not completely chaotic energy because it's a mother. It is birthing. Mm -hmm. It is okay. birthing. You know, the image of the mother and the child. To me, it's about, like, if you go with it, then you can't, something will be birthed. A new you will be birthed yes. and then destroyed again and then birthed again. So... I think that's like where it's not just wildly destructive and smashing everything up and creating right. chaos. It's there is a birth energy, which is kind of relevant to this time of year, isn't it? Absolutely, <laughs> it is, yeah. That's it's the, the Christmas the, time. The yeah. yeah, like the divine birth. It's like not just a one-off event. It's like an ongoing process Every that's year. happening through all of us, through everything, constantly. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there's loss and there's rebirth. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of, again, that's very heretical, isn't it? And Christian is like, oh, you know, this was a one-off. <laughs> it's like, and, and even in the science religion, it's like there was a one-off Big Bang, you know? Right. And then everything, you know? And it's like, not, but it's, I think it's just like, the, it's the constant, it's a constant uh, process. No, I think you're right. And especially, yeah, when it comes to, um, to human psychology, where, where things are dying in us and being born all the time. Yeah. And and that's what that's to me that's what makes you alive. If nothing ever changes in your life, then I don't know, there could be a problem. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like are you learning anything and are you getting anywhere? You know, it's uh yeah, no, like you're right. I think it's a constant. So, um so okay, so I so we'll we'll just we'll kind of end on that note. Um I want to thank you again Ellen so much for being here. I really appreciate your taking the time with me today. And uh, just want to just quickly, um, I'm going to I'll probably post the link actually on Facebook, uh, YouTube and on my Instagram for your um, Voices of the Dark Mother's Death, like where to get it, uh, how uh -huh. to contact you if people would like to to get it um, and, uh, and and try that out. And um, and also, you know, you, your page is the Spiral Priestess. That's what you have on that's uh, right on Facebook. Yes. So we'll point you there. And of course, I'll also point everyone to Cthonia.net. And my Patreon, patreon.com slash Cthonia, um, if you are interested in supporting my work at all. And uh, a shout out to my patrons who uh, already support me. Thank you again very much. I, I, I appreciate all of you. And uh, with that, I will say, um, you know, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll talk in the next episode. Thanks. Thank you.